This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. God. I want to welcome all of you that are watching online. Glad you can be with us this evening. We're going to have a great time in the Word of God. So again, thank you for being here. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's give the young people a great big round of applause as they go. We appreciate them. I'll tell you what, hallelujah. Thank God for what Jesus is doing. Amen. He talked about the fact that he would bless our children's children. And uh, so thank God we have the privilege of being able to mold and shape them and uh, give them what it is that they need so they can get a good foundation up underneath them. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I wish I'd have known Jesus when I was a kid. I didn't know him until I was 19, and so uh, I missed out on a little bit. Now, some of you could say, well, what are you whining about? I was 35. I mean, I don't know, you know, what your situation is, but uh, uh, anyway, could you just turn this down just a scotch? It's got a little bit of a uh, thing to it. So anyway, uh, we can be grateful, amen? Wherever upon the timeline of our lives we were introduced to Christ, we can sure rejoice, Amen. Praise God. And to know that our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Amen. And thank God for that. Amen. So anyway, uh, it's good to be with you. Good to be able to preach to you. Praise God. It's been a while. I haven't had a Wednesday night or a Sunday morning for a while. My wife and I, we're going to get, we're going to disappear again in February and it's going to be great. We're going to both have big smiles on our face. And we'll just let Pastor Brian just go for it and it'll be awesome. So but I'm here this evening, and I'm grateful for that. We had our men's event this past Monday night and uh, had a wonderful time with about 55, I suppose, 50, 55 people or men and uh, talked about some things with regard to relationships and how important they are. How many of you know that the most appreciable asset that you have in your life is people? Yeah. It really is. The people that are around you. Uh, there ain't nothing that you ever... Uh, uh, acquire whatever it is that you accumulate, whatever you end up possessing, uh, any of those, then you ain't taking none of that when you go to heaven. But you sure enough can take the people that are around you. Are you listening to me? And uh, that's all that, you know, God cares about is people. And I mentioned to the men, and I, I think I mentioned it here before, you know, when, when God gave Moses the Ten Commandments, none of them had anything to do with whatever it is that you seem to accumulate in life or the things you have or any of that. You know, all he did was talk about our relationship to him and our relationship to others, okay? Four, the first four of the commandments that we are given are about our relationship to God. He said, you're not to have any other gods before me. Don't make no graven images, you know, all of those things. And remember to, the Sabbath day to keep it holy, amen. And then there's six more. And all, you know, the rest of them are all how you and I relate to one another. How, what it is that we're to do. Don't steal, don't commit adultery, don't covet your neighbor, you know, stuff and things of that nature. So, the only thing that really matters is people. Amen. And uh, so, uh, it's just important for us. Cherish the people that are around you. Did you hear me? Now, I know they're not perfect. None of us are. I mean, but, but there needs to be a certain level of empathy in all of our lives for people. You know, some people, they do some stupid things. How many of you ever did some stupid things? Of course, we all have, you know. And, and so, you know, that's why the Bible talks about us being forbearing of one another 
to forbear means just to put up with. That's, that's what it means, you know what I mean? There isn't any, you know, big magical spiritual kind of thing about it. You know, you just, sometimes you just got to have, you got to put up with folk. And the other thing about it is, is a lot of times people behave the way they do because they got their own um, uh, fights going on. You know what I mean? They got their own challenges and things. And so sometimes, um, well, you know, things just because they go sideways, then it happens to manifest itself and in the people that are around you. So that's why Jesus said, I want to give you a new commandment, a new one. Now, new in the context that he's given you the ability to love as he loved. Amen. A new commandment I give unto you that you love one another. Listen, as I have loved you. You can't love people like Jesus loves them unless you got Jesus in you. But if you got him in you, then praise God, you can love him just like he did. And you think about all of the things that that man, you know, endured and the stuff that he dealt, dealt with. And yet, praise God, he, he was blameless and sinless. And I guarantee you, he had a lot of opportunities. Huh? Well, so do we. But thank God we've got him in us. We've got the Holy Ghost on the inside of us so that we can respond as he would have us to. And in that, praise God, there's victory. Now, you might get mocked. I mean, you see a lot of stuff, you know, in news feeds now where people are being mocked for the name of Jesus, for espousing the name of Jesus, you know, loving Jesus, walking in the light, you know, different things that, again, foolish and ignorant people are trying to impose against the church, against Christianity. That's because they're, they live in darkness. They don't know any better. You know, you think, you talk about, for example, the Apostle Paul, who originally was Saul, and here he is hailing men, women into, into prison because of their Christianity, because of their faith, giving his sentence again. He held, he held the garments of those that, that uh, stoned Stephen. You know, this guy was, he's messed up. But you know, he said, I am the least of all that deserve the grace that I have. And he says, but I am what I am by the grace of God because I did that which I did foolishly and ignorantly. He didn't know. And a lot of the folks that you see making their statements and doing their dirt and saying whatever it is they say, they're just blind, don't know it. They live in darkness and they're led by the devil in many cases, you know. So thank God we've got the privilege of being able to be the light of the world. We have the privilege of being the salt of the earth. Glory to God. Salt preserves things. We're the preservers of life. If it weren't for you and me, this whole thing, man, would be gone up in smoke long time ago. Are you listening to me? But, you know, Jesus is waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. And when we get our business done and we get our work over with, then we can go home. It's kind of like, well, you know, when you, it's like your kids. You say, well, you get your room all cleaned up, you know, and everything put back, get your bed made, and this and that and the other, then you can go out and play or whatever the case might be. Well, same thing with us. So if you're in a hurry, get busy. Huh? It's Wednesday night. We're in church. You, you know, it's, it's all right. Praise God. Well, let's open our Bibles to the book of Romans, chapter 8. Romans, chapter 8. Kind of message I want to share with you this evening. I think it will be a blessing to you. Hallelujah. Romans, the eighth chapter. I want to, uh, I guess... I guess you'd have to say I want to continue on along a certain line that I've been actually had the privilege of being able to share for 
Well, actually for months, you know, I mean, even into these past years, you know, when COVID hit and all of those kinds of things began to happen, uh, it just really, uh, well, there was just a shift in so many things that took place when all of that happened. And then uh, in 2020, in January, um, we uh, just, there was just a lot of stuff that changed. And so... uh, I've been endeavoring at least to communicate and talk about the fact that, you know, I have been at least emphasizing the imperative, essential need for believers to learn and to be led by the Holy Ghost. All right. Now, that's it's not some spooky kind of thing at all. It's actually it's very practical. It can have a supernatural element to it because it's God. Amen. And the spirit of God that's in us. But it's just important for us, especially in these last days. Now, it's always been God's plan for the church to be led by the Holy Ghost. But I guess I believe that it's more so in these days because you got to be very careful. You know, and, and, and Paul said this. He said, be very careful how you live. Huh? Well, what did he mean by that? He said, well, may, be sure you're not making the wrong step in the wrong direction because it can cost you. How many of you know God loves you? Yeah, he really does. He wants the best for you. Hallelujah. But, of course, we have to do it his way. We have to learn. And, and there is a learning that goes along with what it is that I'm talking to you about. But unfortunately, in a lot of church circles and even in life-giving churches, you know, people, they get saved, they get into the kingdom of God, and they don't learn a thing from there. And then they're all over the place in theology. They're all over the place in the way they live. You know, all of these different kinds of things. And then they wonder, you know, how in the world, you know, that all these promises that God's made, I mean, how can they be true? Because I certainly don't see them in my life. Well, I can tell you this much about it. God's word is true. Every word that he has breathed is true. He told, uh, he, he told a group of uh, people on one occasion, he said, listen, he said, if you will continue in my word, then you will be my disciples indeed, and you'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Now, notice there's a condition, though. If you continue in what it is that I have said, then you're my disciples. So again, a lot of people, they get saved and they, you know, they get quote unquote fire insurance. You know, they have the spirit of God dwelling in them, but they don't do anything with it. They never mature. They never grow. They don't allow the spirit of God to transform them. But I thank God you're here tonight because I got to believe you're hungry. Amen. That you want more of God, more of his plan in your life and, and to see it manifested. So thank you again for, for being here this evening, because I tell you what, it's good. But anyway, even though we live in these perilous times, and we certainly do as you look around, the Lord has assured us that he's going to take care of us. Let me say that again. Even though we live in these perilous times, the Lord has assured us, the child of God, the believer, that he will take care of his own, preserve us, if, again, we learn to follow the indwelling presence of God, the leading of the Spirit of God. And it's not difficult in in the least. 
It really is pretty simple. You know, I think sometimes we get in religious circles, even Pentecostal circles, word of faith circle. I mean, you know, uh, different charismatics. And, and <clears throat> you get this mix of religion and, you know, and then just bad theology and stuff. And, and it gets everybody all goofed up. So everybody say it together. Thank God for his word. See, we need to stay with the Word, praise God, because we get a lot of different ideas and things like that, you know, and we do things, and then we finally, I remember, I was thinking about it years ago, we were over in the north, or in the uh, east building where the uh, youth are, and, and this is during the charismatic movement, it probably would have been in the 80s, I suppose, and, and there was kind of this deal that got started about, uh, you know, the uh, arts and, and creative uh, uh, art stuff, you know, creeping into the church where they had ballet dancers and all kinds of stuff. And it wasn't God. I mean, it was so far from God. I mean, it wasn't even close to God. You know, they'd have these ballerinas, you know, that were running around. Well, dude, you ain't, you're not worshiping God and you're certainly not paying attention to any, you know, worshiping God. Like one minister said, he says, how come there's always skinny people that do that? <laughs> you know, what if you had somebody that was, what, what do they call it? Uh, port when, yeah, they don't do that. I remember one time Joe and I went to an event and they had this deal. And of course, all the lights were out, you know, and they had these people dancing up on the platform. One of them was a guy. Well, the unfortunate thing about that is you got to think about this with me. Okay, everything is dark and there's these spotlights that are on these people who are on the platform. And this guy, he comes out there, you know, uh, dancing around his gig and he raises his arms. and He's got a big old hole. <laughs> you know, in his armpit. You remember that, honey? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, talk about drawing attention to yourself. Well, anyway, so it didn't amount to a hill of beans. And I remember over here, as mentioned, what I wanted to say is in our church, we, we uh, you know, there was a song, when the Spirit of the Lord moves in my heart, I'll dance like David danced. Well, you got to understand, David was in the Old Testament, Right? And so all of a sudden we got this idea that we need to dance like David danced. Well, what ended up happening is, is that all the musicians, no, not the musicians, the singers, some of the musicians, if they're playing guitars, they're doing this dance, you know? And, and, and the, the leader of the dance or of the group wanted everybody dancing. Well, for one thing, they're all out of breath. So they really can't lead worship. And not to mention the fact they're doing this all in the same cadence, you know. So everybody in the congregation is going, well, no, this is a little bit different. And it certainly was. But it was just mainly a, a fair show in the flat. I think our intention and heart was right. But it was just all goofed up. It wasn't God. Thanks for your enthusiasm. <laughs> so, you know, we just went. I mean, that's because we thought that's the way it should be or whatever the case might be. And so... Thank God, you know, God, I'm sure he was up in heaven just going, <laughs> oh, what a bunch. Hallelujah. You know, and we just kept on moving. So, <clears throat> so we just need to learn, you know, and um, um, learn to be led by the Spirit of God. Now, I use my own example because that's the best one I know of. But, you know, when I first got saved, I mean, I didn't know anything really about the Bible. And I'd grown up in a mainline denominational church, went to catechism, did all of those kinds of things and whatever. But, you know, I can't say I did a lot of memorization because that was part of the program, you know, and different things of that nature. But I didn't know God. I didn't know Jesus. I had no personal relationship with him in my heart. I was just going through the motions. 
And the whole idea, unfortunately, was as you go through our motions, you go through a couple of years of this and that and the other, then you'll be confirmed into the church. You know, the, you'll be confirmed is what they said. Not Now, in the aftermath, I thought, confirmed into what? Well, we get confirmed into the church. You've been water baptized, infant baptized, and so you're all, you'll be good to go. Well, I was not good to go, okay? As a 13, 14-year-old kid, I was not good to go. Did you hear me? And so I went through my teenage years without knowing God, and, and then finally when I was 19, well, my wife now, she was my uh, girlfriend at the time, she got saved, and then I got saved, and, and then we, we found out the truth. Hallelujah. But I wanted to say that because I didn't know anything about the Bible really, but, but when I got born again, I had the witness of the Spirit on the inside of me that I was a new creation. Because it was so dramatic that the sin consciousness of my life, I was conscious of sin. How many of you knew you were a sinner? Huh? I mean, that's, that's not a mystery. All right. But when I gave my heart to him, all of a sudden that all changed. And the consciousness of sin disappeared. And not only that, I had the wit. Now, I didn't know anything about the Bible. I didn't have many things about, you know, knowing any chapters and verses in the Bible. But I used the illustration one time when we were at, at the Depot Lounge. I played on a football league. We played flag football. And afterwards, the, this lounge sponsored us. So we went to the bar. That's what we did. You know, we go there and drink beer and all this and that and the other. Well, I'm sitting there on a stool. Now, I don't know anything about the Bible, per se. But I'm sitting on this stool. And all of a sudden, I hear on the inside of me, you don't belong here I'm thinking to myself you know I really don't belong here I don't know why but I don't belong here and so I turned around walked out and never went back why because the witness of the Spirit of God was telling me this is not where you belong I didn't know any Bible I didn't have a Bible verse for it you know or anything of that nature you know but yet right on the other hand I knew that's that's not where I'm supposed to be amen now, you know, after I got to reading the Bible, I realized that we're not to have or keep company with people, you know, that live in the world. So, you know, I learned some things in the aftermath of that. But it was the Holy Ghost. Everybody say the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost that was inside me. And if you're born of the Spirit of God, you have Him in you. And, of course, you know, you could even speak of your own, you know, experiences and things like that where the Lord has led you. Now, notice our text here in Romans chapter 8 and verse 14. It says in verse 14, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now let's also look at this with me in verse 16. It says the Spirit itself, actually literally it's Himself, the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now I want you to notice particularly it says the Spirit does what? It bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Do you think any of you could be talked out of the fact that you're born of the Spirit of God? Somebody say, well, you know, you haven't been baptized the way we were, or you don't belong to our church, or, you know, this or that or the other. Somehow or another, say that, you, you know, you're not saved uh, because you don't do this. You'd say, well, thank you, but you're out of your mind. I know I'm saved. And I know because he dwells in me. Hallelujah. I'm not suggesting I'm perfect, but he dwells in me. And so I know I'm born of the Spirit of God. But again, notice it says that the Spirit, the Holy Ghost, bears witness with our spirit 
that what? That we are the children of God. Now, another verse of Scripture in 1 John 5 and verse 10 says, He that believes on the Son of God, how many of you believe on the Son of God? That Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Amen? So it says, He that believes on the Son of God, now notice it says, has the witness in himself. So Paul said, he bears witness with our spirit that we're the children of God. John said that we have the witness of or in, or we have the witness in himself. We have it in us, I should say is a better way of putting that. A witness, bears witness. So in other words, he's on the inside of us and he's there to guide us, to lead us into all the truth. Now, in thinking about that, there's some other verses of Scripture that we could look at, 1 John chapter 2. Matter of fact, why don't we just do that? You know, as long as we're talking about it, let's just do it. Uh, uh, look at uh, 1 John chapter 2. That was 1 John chapter 5, but notice something else John says here in 1 John chapter 2, verse 20. It says, but you have an unction, or uh, sometimes the Bible translation well, it uses the word unction in the King James. Some of them might say an anointing. It's really the same word. Now, notice it says in verse 20, you have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. Where do we have it from? Where, where do we get that? We get it because of His indwelling presence, right? Now, notice verse 27. Notice it says, but the anointing or that unction that He was talking about early, uh, which you have received of Him abides where? in you. So there's an unction, there is a witness, there is that that, you know, is on the inside of us because of his indwelling presence. He says, you have an anointing that you've received of him that abides in you so that you need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you of all things and is truth and is no lie, even as it is taught you, you shall abide in him or actually abide in it. So that's not to suggest that we don't need teachers, we, you know, that we, we, you know, we don't need to listen to anybody, you know, or be taught or anything of that nature, but you do have the teacher on the inside of you. And there'll be times, I mean, praise God, I've been in services where people have said something and on the inside of me, I'd, you know, the Spirit of God said, well, that ain't right. Because it doesn't line up with the Word. The Spirit and the Word always, everybody say always. They always agree. So, you know, if you happen to be sitting there, you know, it's kind of like Brother Hagin, our spiritual father said, eat the hay and leaves the sticks. Amen. You know, and, and of course that's going to happen because we're natural people and people miss it and can miss it you know, and things of that nature. Now, we endeavor not to, of course, but, you know, that's, that's the truth about it. So, <clears throat> so we have this witness when we're born of the Spirit of God. How many of you know you're not supposed to steal? How many of you know you're supposed to be honest? How many of you know, praise God, that you're not supposed to let any corrupt communication come out of your mouth? Well, we know those are scriptures that are in the Bible, but you also know that by the witness on the inside of you that that's not the way we're to behave, Right? That was, a, again, an, an outstanding thing. When I got saved, I, I didn't cuss. I quit cussing. And I was, I, I was taught by the best. Huh? How many of you know what I'm talking about? But when I got born of the Spirit of God, that stuff left. And that was as amazing to me as anything. Not only did I get, you know, delivered from, you know, smoking pot and doing drugs, but I didn't cuss. I'm thinking to myself, you know, what's wrong with me? Well, I'm a new creation. 
And when I did, if I let it slip, I was immediately smitten on the inside that that, I shouldn't be doing that. I shouldn't say that. You know, and then I'd, I'd repent right there. Oh, God, forgive me. I'm sorry. You know, are you with me? Well, you can't have those kinds of changes in your life unless you're born of the Spirit of God. But when you are, then, of course, He's going to lead you. He's going to guide you. Am I in the right house? Yeah. Amen. That's a pretty simple example, but it's true nonetheless. People that lived under the Old Covenant, they have nothing like what you and I have the privilege to live by in the New Testament. They had nothing like you and I. You know, they had the priests. The only ones that were anointed by the Spirit of God was the prophet, priest, and the king. They're the only ones that had the Holy Ghost even on them, you know. So they, they had to go through all these motions. They had to go to the priest, you know, in order to get in contact with God. They had sacrifices that they had to make. But it didn't change anything about who they were as far as their nature. And so they jumped through all these hoops so that the stuff that they had in their lives could be covered. But thank God we didn't just get it covered. We got it washed away. Hallelujah. By the blood of Jesus. And so there wasn't any anointing in them or on them. Now, if you, if you look in a comprehensive kind of way, God had a plan. How many of you know God's got a plan? He's not some willy-nilly. Just, we'll see how this all kind of works. No, man. From the way back. From the foundations of the world, long before in the foreknowledge of God, he had a plan about what it is he was going to do. So he started working that plan. He approached Abraham, gave him a covenant, you know, and so on and so forth, which actually set the course for him to be able to get Jesus into the earth. Are you listening to me? All of these different kinds of things. But he said this, and, and you're familiar with it, in Jeremiah chapter 31, he said, Behold, the days come. In other words, in the future, there's a day coming, says the Lord, that I'm going to make a new covenant uh, uh, with the house of Israel and Judah. And this shall be a covenant that I will make with them after those days. Now, listen, he said, I will put my laws in their inward parts. How did I know I didn't belong in that bar? Because he was in me. How did I know that I shouldn't be, you know, uh, using the Lord's name in vain? Because he was in me. Are you listening to me? Now, now here's another thing about that. You know, you can get people that get saved and, and you know, and, and, and get started. But I'll tell you this much about it. If you, don't, if you don't take care of yourself and your spiritual life and things like that, you know, you can start doing things that you shouldn't be doing. Pretty soon you're callous and you don't know anything different, even though you should know better. You see Christians, you know, that are doing that all the time. You say, well, what's wrong with them? Well, they just let themselves go. Amen. And uh, that ain't no place to be. But he said, after those days, I'm going to put my laws in their inward parts, write them in their hearts, and I, and, and, uh, I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Now, Ezekiel, he also re-echoes this in, his, uh, in the book that we have of him in chapter 36 and 26. He said, a new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I'll take away the stony heart out of your flesh. I'll give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you. Hallelujah. And then he went on and caused you to walk in my statutes, keep my commandments or judgments and do them. So the new birth made it possible through the sacrifice of Christ for you and I to be here tonight and know him. 
Hallelujah. And not only just know him, but be able to walk in the light of the word of God. And again, you guys, it is so essential in the days in which we're living that we walk in the light as he's in the light and that we have fellowship with him. So if we're not right with God, dear friend, I tell you, you need to get right with him. And then you need to start obeying him. Hallelujah. Have some sense. He knows more than you do. Are you listening to me? Praise God. So it was the new birth that made it possible. It's interesting. You know, if you get a chance, go back and read some of the things that Jesus said to his disciples. He said, he, he told them one time, he said, because I've said these things to you, he said, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, look at it with me. Why don't you look at it? I want you to read it out of your own Bible. Look at it in John chapter 16. Notice what it says here. And um, I don't know if you can get that up there, Julia, uh, so they can see it for themselves. In verse 6, he said, because I've said these things to you, he was talking about his going away. And, you know, he said, because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth that it is expedient or could say profitable for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Hallelujah. And thank God he did that, didn't he? Amen. They didn't understand. I mean, there were so many things, just like us. I mean, they, what are you talking about? Where in the world are you going, man? I mean, we just kind of got this thing rolling. Now you're going to hit the road? You know, I mean, it was just outside. the. They just didn't understand that he was the Lamb of God who's taking away the sins of the world by the sacrifice of himself. So again, he says, it's to your advantage. It's your profit. It's expedient for you that I go away. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad Jesus loved us enough to do that? Praise God forevermore. Amen. So anyway, he said, if I depart, I'm going to send the comforter to you. All right. So now, now realize this as we're talking about this. Most of our Bible emphasis within life-giving churches, I'm talking about uh, churches that preach the gospel, preach salvation, that you need to be born again, okay? In most of our life-giving churches, um, um, the emphasis for the most part is held within the confines of being born again. That's what we emphasize. You must be born again. Isn't that true? Okay. I mean, you know, if it's a life-giving church, of course. But we also need to realize, now listen, that the plan of God, everybody say the plan of God. Sure, the plan of God is, is that you be born again. Jesus said you must be born again. But also the plan of God under the New Testament is for every believer to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Are you listening to me? Now, you know, people fight small, small wars over being baptized in the Holy Ghost. Huh? They say it's been done away with or, you know, it's of the devil or, you know, God only knows. Well, that's some of those doctrines that got crept into the church and kept us from really receiving all that heaven has for us. Amen. When I got saved again, you know, I got born of the Spirit of God and, and we were in a particular circle of influence where the gospel was concerned. And they said that when you're born again, you know, you receive the Holy Spirit and that's all there is. Well, you know, again, you know, the Bible has a lot more to say about that than what we knew. 
So we went down the road of life, you know, for about six months until somebody started introducing us to being filled with the uh, Holy Ghost, being baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking with other tongues. We didn't know that there was a subsequent experience to be born, you know, aside from being born of the Spirit of God, that you could be filled with the Spirit of God. And I, I got to tell you again, because these things get down on the inside of you, you know, when we were first introduced to it, you know, I'm, you, I kind of stood like this. How many of you did that? I mean, you thought, well, that's kind of weird, you know, that whole tongues thing, you know. You know, why? Well, because we didn't understand it. And people are always afraid of what they don't understand. Are you with me? But yet it's in the Bible. So that's the thing that got me to go on. I thought, you know, now we need to, we need to figure out the truth here. I scoured the New Testament, baby, for three days. Somebody prayed for me to be baptized in the Holy Ghost, you know, and, and I may have got one or two syllables or something like that, but I, my head was in the way. How many of you know your head can get in the way? So I didn't know whether there was much to it or not, but I looked to the Word of God, and praise God, I found out that this is in the Bible. Hallelujah, and I've been speaking with other tongues ever since, and thank God for it. Amen. To be filled with the Holy Ghost. So anyway... We just need to realize that the plan of God under the New Testament for every believer is to be filled with the Holy Ghost. He said, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Hallelujah. And thank God for his power. Amen. Isn't that right? And so we don't want to go, you know, limping through life just trying to get along and saying, well, you know, sometimes the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We need to get our theology straightened out. You know, there's a scripture in the Bible that says he always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. Amen. He came that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly, that we might experience the blessing of God and live in victory. Hallelujah. Over sin and death and all of the other things that hell has to offer. Glory be to God forevermore. But of course, you know, it's not emphasized, not talked about. Sometimes it's even shunned. You know, the Apostle Paul said, man, I thank God I speak with tongues more than all of you, you know? So it was a common, you know, practice as far as his life was concerned, and it ought to be a common practice with us too. Amen. So, uh, 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 so uh, we just need to realize that in terms of, again, the, fact, the simple fact that his plan, God's plan for every believer is to be filled with the Holy Ghost. In the Old Testament, or I mean in the New Testament, when the early church, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Huh? You know, I mean, you'd be, you'd be standing on the outside looking in if you hadn't been filled with the Holy Ghost. Because on the day of Pentecost, they were all filled and they were all one accord in one place. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven like as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and set upon each of them. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Wouldn't you like to have been there? Hallelujah. Well, we can have our own Pentecost. You Amen. You know, and the Bible says they were all filled. Not some of them, all of them. Praise God. And they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them the utterance. See, you do the speaking, He gives you the utterance. And that's another thing. You know, people think, well, you know, God's just going to overtake me, overwhelm me, or, you know, take control. No, He ain't going to. He's going he's to give you utterance. You're the one that's going to do the speaking. Hallelujah. And you can do it anytime when you get filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. And you should. Thank God. Amen. You know, so it's important for us to understand, you know, and get this right. But the New Testament, listen, the New Testament, when you read the Gospels, what Jesus said, and then all the writers in the letters, you know, that we have, the epistles, 
The New Testament puts, it, puts the emphasis on the believer being filled with the Holy Ghost and worshiping God in spirit and in truth. But we don't talk about that. We don't put emphasis on it, but we should. Are you listening to me? You know, I, I wrote this, you know, the Bible assumes you're born again. See, in other words, when you read the Bible, it says to the saints that be at Rome or the saints that are at Ephesus or what. So, so the writer is writing to the church. He's writing to people that are born again, right? And so when you read the scriptures, you know, it, the Bible, I guess you could say, assumes that you're born of the Spirit of God, but it instructs us on being filled with and led by the Holy Ghost. So much of the scriptures and the, and the letters that are written, they talk about that very thing, you know? Of course, again, well, I'll give you, I'll give you an example. Here, this is Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. Look at this verse of Scripture with me. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled. Everybody say, be filled. Be filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always unto God, hallelujah, for all things unto God in the name of the Father, hallelujah. Are you listening to me? Yes. Yeah, unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, so read it again with me or think about it with me. He said, he said don't be drunk with wine where is success, but be filled with the Spirit. And he tells us how. He says, how? Speaking to yourselves. Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, you just might remind yourself of what the Word of God or a psalm or something like that, you know. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High, glory to God, will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my strength. Amen. Yes. See, when you do that, you're filling yourself up. Are you with me? Then it talks about, you know, singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord. Um, you know, glory to God. Amen. Marty um, Blackwelder, I'm telling you what, that guy practices this verse. If you're around him, I mean, we've had him in our home and different things, you know, and taking many meals together and this and that and the other. And that guy is always singing. You know, he's just worshiping God. You know, he's not, he's not putting on a show. He's not trying to, you know, let anybody know about anything or nothing. He just is filled, being filled with the Holy Ghost. Yes. Hallelujah. You know, now maybe you're not much of a singer, so you better go after the Psalms, you know, or whatever, you know, or make a joyful noise. And, and again, I'm not saying these are things that we need to be doing, you know, uh, so that it can be seen by anybody else. But there is something about being thankful. Yes. Amen. You know, thanking God. Oh, Father, thank you for your blessing. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Hallelujah. You know, and, 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 and it is a way, I guess I could say, for you to help yourself be filled with the Holy Ghost. Are you with me? Paul told Timothy to stir up. Everybody say stir up. Stir up, stir up the gift of God that is in you. Amen. In other words, you have to do it. Well, you know, I'm waiting on God. You know, I wish he'd come you know, fall on me and then I'd, you know, I'd this and that and the other. Well, don't wait. Just start. 
You initiate it. Hallelujah. I remember Brother Hagin was talking this story, you know, and again, uh, we hear these stories from our father, spiritual father. He was talking about they were pastoring a church at 2 o'clock in the morning. Somebody knocked on the door, and I think he'd been gone, and and uh, there was this woman that was there, you know, and she was crying, and she was with her sister, and, and came in, and, uh, you know, she was just all brokenhearted and things. She'd been healed about two, three years ago under his ministry. And uh, so they said that she had, uh, uh, that the condition or the situation had come back. So Brother Hagin, he said, well, not, that's no problem. He says, we'll just go through the scriptures here and, tell, and look and see what the Bible has to say. And we'll pray again. God will heal you. He healed you once. He'll heal you again, you know. Well, you know, she said, if, I said, she said, Brother Hagin, she said, if, you know, I, I could just get back to God, you know, I mean, I don't even care if I even got, you know, healed or anything, if I could just get back to God. And, he, and so he said, well, all right, you know, now you got to understand, he's, he just got been brought out of a deep sleep, sleeping good, you know, how many of you don't like that? Yeah, leave me alone. Well, anyway, you know, so he figures, oh, all right, well, she must have done something, got out of the will of God and sinned or something like that. And she says, well, it's fine, you know. Uh, Retha and I, we'll, we'll get down here. We'll just, we'll just, uh, we'll just kneel here by the, by the uh, couch. And we'll kneel down here with you, and your sister can kneel with us. And you don't have to say it to me. You can just say it to God and ask God, you know, to you know, forgive you. And he will, you know, because the Bible says that if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then she, you know, kind of got tuned up and started crying again. She says, well, Brother Hagin, she says, you know, if, if, if I've done anything wrong, she says, I just don't know it. And now he's getting ticked, <laughs> you know. So finally, he talked kind of sharp to her. He said, get up, get up out of there, you know. And, um, and so he set her on the couch. He says, what are you talking about here? You know, you come in here, blah, 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 blah. She says, well, I just don't feel like I'm close to God, you know. Brother Hagin says, what in the world does feelings have to do with it anyway? And she said, well, you know, I just, you know, if I felt like it. And that's the way we are. We don't walk by faith. If we feel okay, then we think we're close to God. Listen, dude, I don't care how you feel. If you're born of the Spirit, you've been washed in the blood. And his feelings are not fickle for you. It isn't up and down, one day in, one day out, you know, nothing like that. It's constant. And that's what faith is. And so, you know, he was talking to her, and, and he basically said, do you think I feel like being here right now? She, she said, well, you know, what do you, what do, you do? You know, about, you know, with your feelings and, you know, being uh, this and that. And he says, I, I don't live by my feelings. He says, I stay full of the Holy Ghost. And uh, <clears throat> she says, well, how do you do that? I mean, when you, she says, well, just like right now, I don't feel anything, you know. He says, but here's what I want you to do. I'm going to pray. You keep your eyes open and you watch. Okay, she says, all right, you know, Bible says watch and pray. But anyway, so, so he just began to, you know, he just closed his eyes and says, Father, I just want to thank you that I'm born again. I thank you, Lord God, that you filled me with the Holy Ghost, that you've redeemed me and taken all of my sins away. Well, he got to doing that. He, stir, he starts to stir himself up, and all of a sudden, the Spirit of God starts, you know, rising up on the inside of him, you know, and he begins to praise God and this and that and the other. She's watching all this. And, uh, and he says to her, he says, 
uh, well, all of a sudden, and then he gets done. She says, well, I tell you what, your, 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 your face lit up like a neon sign. And he says, well, yours could too, you know. You know, you start out in the flesh, but thank God you can end up in the spirit. He said, I never did get to pray for her. He says, I don't know why. I think she got healed. Never did pray for her that night. She went her way just happy. Hallelujah. Because the thing about it is, is so much of the time, you know, we let all the things that are in the world, you know, kind of try to crowd in and climb up on top of us. Praise God. And the, and the very thing that would help us, we don't do. Are you listening to me? Can, can you say amen? Amen. Interestingly enough, uh, <clears throat> we need to make it our habit, if that's the right way to say it, to worship and praise God regularly. Stir yourself up. A lot of times I get up in the morning, my wife says, why do you always just get up and when you, when you, when you wake up, you sit on the edge of the bed? I said, dude, because I don't bound out of no bed like you do. My wife is like the Energizer Bunny, man. She hits the ground and she is... Whew, on her way. So a lot of times, you know, when I wake up and I'm sitting on the edge of the bed, I just say, Father, I just thank you for today. Thank you for this day you've given me. Hallelujah. I'm so glad. Praise God that I know you and that I'm blessed of you. Hallelujah. And I don't say it loud. She might be still sleeping, although she beats me out of bed all the time, you know. But, but I just say, Father, I just thank you for your blessing. I get my day started right. Are you listening to me? And you should too. Hallelujah. Be mindful of him. Be conscious of him and the one that is on the inside of you. Thank you, Lord, for ordering my steps today. Thank you for leading me and guiding me in the way that you should have me to go. And I can't believe it's eight o'clock already. But we need to make it our habit to worship God. Get yourself some good music, not junk, but some good music to worship God with. Hallelujah. And praise him regularly. Amen. You know, uh, there was a while here back, I don't know, it, it'd probably be months ago or whatever. I don't remember exactly what it was, but I was going through a battle. I can't remember what it was. Doesn't matter. But I was, I mean, I was, I was not in a good place and I knew hell had showed up because God doesn't change. Are you listening to me? And you know, sometimes the stuff that we deal with may be perceived or it can be real. It doesn't make any difference because if you're there, it doesn't matter. You're just, you know, in a shape. So I went downstairs and I got this, you know, uh, system and, and man, I put myself in a DVD and I, I, I cranked that sucker up and I started worshiping God. Amen. And you'd be amazed how that would bless you if you do it. Amen. You say, I ain't got none of them. Get some. Get Tarlene check stuff, you know, man, and worship God. Are you listening to me? Or it might be somebody else. I don't know, you know, whoever it is that seems to trip your trigger. But nevertheless, praise God, it should be a way of our life. Can you say amen? Amen. amen. Now, listen to me. The Apostle Paul was talking to Timothy, and he said, he told him, uh, he, he said, um, he said, stir up the gift of God. Now, what's interesting about that? is that he gave him that advice when he was going through a difficult time. Are you with me? Look with me. Just, just turn to 2 Timothy real quick. Y'all doing all right? Okay. <clears throat> 2 Timothy. We're talking about being filled with the Spirit. Staying filled with the Spirit. Amen? Not just kind of so-so, you know. But notice here, he said... Uh, 
This letter is written to him in verse 3. I thank my God, whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience, that with the, without ceasing I have remembrance of you in my prayers night and day. So he'd been praying for him every day, every night. Greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may, that I may be filled with joy. Are we on the same page here? First, or I'm sorry, 2 Timothy chapter 1. Now notice verse 5. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned or genuine faith that is in you. So he's encouraging him. Obviously, he probably was questioning whether he had any faith. Have you, any of you ever had that opportunity? Whether you, you know, I just wonder if I got any faith here. He said, I know that you've got a genuine faith that's in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois, your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that it's in you as well. So I put you in remembrance so that you stir up the gift of God, which was uh, given to you, that is in you, I should say, by the putting on my hands. Now listen, for God has not given us the spirit of fear. Hallelujah. Everybody say, I don't have a spirit of fear. You don't have a spirit of fear, but you do have a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. So thank God you're not nuts. Can you say amen? Huh? So when you read this, this scripture, stir the gift of God up that's within you, and when he tells him this, the scripture seems to imply that the way we combat oppression or the oppression of the world is by magnifying and praising and worshiping God continually. Now, I know, you know, you can't do it, I mean, 24-7, you know, maybe you're working or whatever the case might be. But I tell you what, praise God, it ought to be on your lips. Huh? Amen. Glory to God. Worship God. Magnify Him. See, what, when, when, when hell shows up in our life, we just need to magnify God. Because God is bigger than any problem that we'll ever have. Can you say amen? And I'll tell you this much about it. The Bible says praise stills the enemy and the avenger. So if we begin to praise God, worship God, magnify God, you know, start telling yourself how good he is and what it is he's done for you and what the Bible promises. And I tell you what, that stuff will disappear. Are you listening to me? It's important, you know, because he'll do anything. Hell will do anything to get you off track. Depression, oppression, discouragement, all of these kinds of things, you know, that come our way. Paul was a discouraged, or not Paul, but Timothy was a discouraged soul. And so what did, what did Paul do? He put him in remembrance. And he said, this is what's on the inside. Now stir up the gift of God that's in you. Hallelujah. God's not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. In Hebrews chapter 13, 15, it says, By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise. Everybody say sacrifice. Sometimes it is that, but it doesn't stay that way very long. Huh? Therefore, by him, let us offer the sacrifice of praise continually. That is the fruit of our lips. Huh? Giving what? Giving thanks unto his name. Now, uh, real quickly, let me just share a couple more thoughts here before our time has already gotten away. But in the Old Testament, you read it, Second Chronicles chapter 20. Don't go there now. We don't have time. But you know in Hezekiah, uh, when those... <clears throat> 
Evil kings made an alliance against him. There were three or four of them, and they decided they was going to gang up on him. And, you know, the inhabitants of Jerusalem and Judah, and they were just, you know, they're going to wipe him out. He said, we have no power or might. You know the prayer, and this and that and the other. And he said, uh, God, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. That's a good prayer. Amen? So the Spirit of God came on Jehaziel. He prophesied and said, hey, the battle's not yours, it's the Lord. You go out, and they're down there, and we'll tell you what you need to do. So the Bible tells us that when they got down there, then Hezekiah stood before all of them, and he said, hey, listen, believe in the Lord your God, and you'll be established. Believe also his prophets, and you'll prosper. That's what he said. And then the Bible says that he sent the praisers out before Israel. That seems kind of dumb. You better have some faith if you're one of the one in the group. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But the Bible says that when they started to praise God and worship God and declare who God was, the Bible says the Lord sent ambushments in, you know, in the camps of the enemies and they started fighting one another. And before it was all over with, by the time Israel got there or Judah got there, everybody was dead. And then they took three days, everybody say three days, three days gathering up and hauling off the spoil. Well, that just tells me, praise God, there's something to be said for magnifying God and worshiping him and what God can do and how he'll turn your captivity if we put it into practice. Can you say amen? Now, there's another place, the Apostle Paul, the Acts of the Apostles in chapter 16. You know, him and Silas, they ended up in jail. Remember that? Down in Philippi, the Bible says in the 25th verse, it says, and at midnight, you know, sometimes life kind of feels like midnight. It's dark. It ain't going good. You know, things are just not the way they ought to be. And, you know, and, and, and that's true of all of us. I mean, you're all, everybody's going to experience midnight hour in their life. Well, the Bible says, and at midnight, Paul and Silas sang praises. Now, notice it said, unto God. They weren't singing to one another. It wasn't like, you know, Silas said, hey, Paul, you, you need to sing me a song, baby. I am not doing well here. Huh? No. They sang, They began to sing praise God, unto God. And the prisoners heard them. You know, here they are in the bowels of that thing, and they're probably singing harmony. God only knows what it is going on, man. You know, a bunch of them are probably sitting there in their chains going, man, isn't that beautiful? You know? Well, here's the thing. While they were singing and praising God, the Bible says all of a sudden God caused an earthquake to occur in that jail, in that prison. And it shook the bowels of that thing. The Bible says that every man's bands were loosed. All the prisoners got set free. The prison door. Now, what are we, what are we supposed to be seeing here? We're supposed to be seeing that if you'll praise and worship God in the middle of your mess, that God will show up and do what it is that only he can do to make a difference in your life and set you free. But we don't do that. We don't do that, you know, because we're all embroiled. Well, what, we, what we do is we talk about the mess. Huh? Don't talk about the mess. I said don't talk about the mess. Huh? You know, instead of talking about how big your mountain is, start talking to your mountain about how big your God is. Are you listening to me? And then you'll be blessed. The last thing, I'm closing. <clears throat> the last thing your flesh wants to do when you're in a tough battle <laughs> is praise God. Yeah. They don't want to. Are you kidding me? 
It wants to tell everybody how bad it's got it and what's going wrong and nobody loves me and all these different kinds of things. Well, I'll tell you, God loves you. I said God loves you. The devil will tell you, well, he don't love you. If he loved you, you wouldn't be having this experience. You wouldn't be dealing with this. You know? And some of the stuff that goes on in our lives, you guys, I mean, we, we didn't ask for it. We're just minding our own business, but it comes our way. Some stuff that we do, it's our own making. And a lot of times it's because we don't know. There's a lot of stupid things, you know, that I've done in my life that I could have averted or avoided or not even had any experience with if I'd have just known. Are you with me? So there, there's no point sitting around commiserating over, you know, who's at fault and what did wrong and this and that and the other. None of that does any good. It's an exercise in futility. What you need to do is say, God, I don't quite understand this, but I know that you're bigger than it. And so I'm just going to praise you, worship you, look to you, hallelujah, and ask you for the wisdom that only you can give for me to be able to turn this situation around. And I tell you what, pray, praise God, he'll do it. I said, he'll do it. Yeah, he'll do it. And he'll bless you. Praise God coming in and going out. And I got to quit. That's the pathway to victory. Okay, that's the pathway. See, the Bible says, thanks be unto God. Huh? Thanks be unto God that gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So we thank him for victory. Amen. He went on then to say, therefore, because of that, brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't say it doesn't work. Huh? Be steadfast and unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For you know that any labor that you provide is never in vain in the Lord. Are you listening to me? So when we need to love the unlovely, thank God we can do it. I said we can do it. We can do it. And I wish I had more time. I'd talk to you some more, but we're done. Did you all get something out of tonight? Here's my, here's my admonition to you. Praise God. Take time to worship God, magnify God. And again, you know, it doesn't have to be a big deal, but I mean, you know, his praise ought to be on your lips. You know, a lot of times, I mean, I'll just be walking. You can ask my wife. I mean, I'll walk through the house and just, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, what is that? That's just me allowing the spirit of God that's in me and my spirit to express itself. Amen. And then, you know, if you need large doses, do that too. Spend some time. You know, I mean, here, here's the thing. You know, you'll, you'll hear sometimes, you close your Bibles. I got to stop. Um, you'll hear, you know, sometimes people, they get a, um, oh, virus or something of that nature, and they'll go to the doctor, you know, and so they're going to give you uh, one of these uh, Z-packs or something like that. Well, what is that? Well, dude, that's just a big old dose of whatever, you know, that's needed. And sometimes that's what we need in our lives. We need a big old Z-pack, baby. Of the Holy Ghost. Huh? You know, just uh, begin to worship God and stay there a while. Hallelujah. You know, a lot of times a doctor, you go to the doctor and you got this, this ailment or whatever. You, maybe you hurt something or whatever. And they'll say, well, what I want you to do is I want you to take three of these or four or whatever. You know, maybe they're going to give you a six, 800 milligrams or whatever, uh, you know, right on the front end. And then every four hours, maybe take a couple or you know, I'm not a doctor, I don't know, but, but here's the deal. What are they doing? They're loading you yeah. up on the front end. They're getting a bunch of drugs, you know, or medication into your body so that it can start having its effect. 
And then, you know, you nurse it along however it is that they tell you to do. Well, same thing's true with the Holy Ghost. Amen? Paul told Timothy, stir it up. So maybe you just need to spend some time, you know, if you've been fighting a battle, praise God, stir it up. You know, get off with God and say, God, this thing is a mess and I don't care, but I know you have an answer. And, you know, because stuff will try to crawl on you. You know, like he said, he said, stir up the gift of God. God's not giving you the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And you don't have to be discouraged. You don't have to be defeated. You don't have to be in despair. You don't have to have any of that in your life. All we got to do is take the tools that he's given to us and use them. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. So anyway, let's stand up. Got to quit. I said I got to quit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Hey, Betty, I'm going to have you just stand out in the aisle there for just a minute, if you would, please. Yeah, you. Just, just stand right there. I just have a, a desire to pray for you. Would that be all right? Okay. A little bit more. I won't bite. There you go. Perfect. Hallelujah. Let's pray together. Father, we commit this uh, message to you and to our hearts. And we thank you for everything that you've done for us, Father, that which you provided for us the Holy Ghost that you've sent to be our teacher, to be our guide, to be our comforter, to strengthen us, to stand by us, hallelujah, to be our advocate when we have a need. Lord God, tonight as we come before you, Father God, I just thank you for every person here, even those that are watching online, Father, that we're taking, we're taking what is ours and what belongs to us as children of God, praise God, and we're gonna put it into practice. Lord, we look to you. I thank you, Lord God, that there's not a problem in this house, in this room, or in these people's lives that, Father, not only are you not aware of, but, Father, you want to get involved with them to help them and to bless them. And so, Father God, I thank you that as they put these things into practice, that you'll come to their aid and that you'll begin to minister to them and that you'll help them and that you'll speak to them and that there'll be wisdom that's granted to them. And Father, that they'll know the perfect plan of God where their lives are concerned, hallelujah. And joy, 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 joy and peace, hallelujah, will become theirs, hallelujah. Now, Betty, I'm just gonna pray for you because I just, I don't know, you just, the Lord just quickened me to pray for you, hallelujah. Father, I lay my hands on my sister right now and I just wanna thank you, Father God. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Yes, the battle's not hers, Father, it's yours. And so, Father God, I come against all oppression. I thank you, Father God, <laughs> for the dissipation of all oppression, weight, burden. In the name of Jesus, you go. And God, I thank you for freedom in this gal's life. Yes, Father God, hallelujah. Yes, thank you, Lord, hallelujah. Would you just lift your hands up toward him and just thank him, hallelujah. Father, I thank you for breaking the bands off this woman's life right now. In Jesus' name. Father, may there be peace, peace that comes to her, Father. Ah, hallelujah, thank you, Father. He said, come to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn of me. I'm meek and lowly of heart. You'll find rest for your soul. Now listen, for my burden is easy. My burden is light. My yoke is easy, my burden's light. Hallelujah. Father, I just thank you for showing her 
showing her your kindness and your love toward her, Father. You've seen her heart and you've heard her prayers. And so I just thank you, Lord God, for bringing things to pass that she really could never imagine. Thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Does that mean anything to you? Does that bless you? Yep. Okay, good. All right. <clears throat> Y'all glad you came tonight? Let's go ahead and you can be seated. We're going to receive an offering this evening. And ushers are coming.